0: Blob Talk Radio
1: There is
2: no earthly way of mowing <laughs> Good man is of time.
1: Which direction we are going And that wrecked Camino It would have been D.W.I.
0: Tipping point.
3: Good evening, good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and all the ships at sea. It is once again the tipping point. I am Stephen Platinum, and I am joined, as always, by the intrepid, the ever-resourceful, and the hoping we don't get shut down because of a storm,
0: Larry Goodman.
3: How are you doing tonight, Larry?
0: I'm I'm here. We're here for part two of this trilogy of shows. Who knows what will happen after that, but we're here tonight. All's good so far. We shall see if we make it through the hour with, with blog talk holding on. How are you doing, Steve?
3: i 'm doing great, um you know for those that don 't know um, our guests tonight are Luke Hawkes, the incredibly outspoken Luke Hawks. We have lots of great stuff to talk about, um, especially centered around the Wildside reunion show happening this Saturday um, with events going on all day, and then we 'll also be joined by Terry Lawler, who is kind of winding up his wrestling career um, and uh, and one of his last matches he won the NCW title. NCW, of course, is the promotion that runs every Friday out of the Landmark Arena, formerly known as the Church of Southern Wrestling. So his last match in that building, um, he comes away with their title. So there's a lot to talk to him about as well. Uh, but Larry, so did you see with the Wildside Reunion? I'm just jumping right in there. So the Wildside Reunion, they're having a bunch of um, sort of talkback events as
0: well. Yes, um, I'm I'm actually been enlisted to be the moderator for these talk events.
3: Oh, sucker! uh, So you're going to be there all day. Holy moly! Because starting at, let me see if I remember this right. So at 11 is the um, kind of the folks who started it all. So it's Rick, it's Steve Martin, not that Steve Martin, but the Steve Martin that started. Uh, NCW with Rick and Bill, sort of talking about the early days of Wildside. That's correct, right?
0: Correct. Actually, the, the list I have does not show Rick on it, but it certainly would make sense for him to be on that panel, which is entitled "How Wildside Started." Appropriately yes. enough. Then you've and got the, a. No, mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, oh, no, no, please, no. Well, get that. well, they've they so in, interspersed between the panels are meet and greets with the uh with the Wildside Stars. So that the first panel you mentioned is from 11 to 12. Then from 1 to 2, we've got the Wrestler Memory panel. And um I, I'm really looking forward to that one. On that panel are going to be Tank, Iceberg, Air Paris and David Young.
3: A lot of swearing is going to take place
0: in that
3: one. That should be great. And then um, I was very intrigued by the panels
0: that I saw got added in the last day or so. Which one are those, Larry? Well, now I'm showing, and my list is a little older, so maybe something has shifted from the last one I got. But I'm showing 3 to 4 o'clock a fantastic Friday panel with uh, J.J., John Johnson, Nigel Sherrod, Todd Sexton, and Seth Delay.
3: And I, then, I find that an, an interesting ad. Sorry to interrupt. I find that an interesting ad because, um, honestly, there's always some sort of, I don't think rivalry is the word, but often the Saturday show would kind of look down on those Friday shows. So I'm interested to hear what those Friday night guys have to say about the whole experience.
0: And then the finale, uh, which I'm also greatly looking forward to, is entitled... Wildside Creative, who gets the credit? And on that panel, Bill Behrens, Jeff G. Bailey, Dan the Dragon Wilson, and Rick Michaels. Oh, ding, <laughs>
3: ding. <laughs> You've all ring the bell. Um, that will be fascinating. Um, yeah. Because I, I think Wildside has a lot of similarities with. ECW, in that ECW on the surface is remembered as sort of a Paul Heyman creation, right? He's the mad scientist. Paul, you know, had all these ideas and he made them happen. But the reality is something actually quite different. And this is not to take credit away from Paul Heyman, but to sort of give it where it's due, which is a lot of the guys came up with their own angles. A lot of the guys really kind of made things happen. Um, you know, Heyman might've had an idea about say the Tommy dreamer Raven feud, but it was clear that that was kind of Raven's thing to sort of orchestrate. Um, and that's just one example of the ma- many of the things in ECW, which just happened. Uh, I mean, the stories abound about Wildside, especially the television product where, you know, they were all young and go-getters. I mean, nobody can tell me Bill or anybody else had anything to do with those promos where they're lighting, you know, grave sites on fire and all that kind of stuff. I mean, often I would imagine that Bill didn't know about any of that stuff until he saw it on television, you know? know,
0: I can verify that Bill did not have uh, much to do with some of those wild promos that appeared on there. No, he, he had no part in those. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was strictly the boys and the, and the talent involved in getting those things done. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So, uh, you know, again, I think that that's a,
3: it's a really cool panel to have. And, um, again, it's just going to be a great day all day. And uh, Larry will be there for it all. Bring, bring the man a coffee because he's going to need it because he's putting in the work from 11 a.m. until – I mean, I figure the show will be probably three hours, right? At least it has to be. So that's the, yeah. You're looking at a 12 hour day. Woohoo! But um, yeah, definitely worth definitely worth it for Wild Side.
0: Hey, you know, um, Steve, just backing up a little bit, we 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 jumped mm. into some other things last week and didn't really even address a couple of the big stories from of the week. And I just wanted to get your take on uh, well, one the Please. sexy star shoot interview with Rosemary at, at Triple Mania. What your um, thoughts were on that and and what's been said about it since then and what sexy star is claiming to be the case. What, what are you kind of, what are your thoughts on this?
3: Um, There's probably a
0: handful of women
3: that just couldn't be the victim of this thing and have it be okay. And one of them is Rosemary. I think she's one of these sort of universally beloved figures in the business. I don't know anybody that has a bad thing to say about Rosemary. From what I understood happened, um, and it's a story I'm inclined to believe, that it's it's a four-way dance and that Sexy Star had gotten into it, sort of like traded some hard shots with one of the other girls in the match. And then, you know, and then the finish happened with Rosemary, which was her locking her in an armbar and Rosemary tapping out. But then Sexy Star continuing continuing to apply pressure to send some kind of message and again if sexy stars reputation was already somebody who was kind of seen as <sighs> somebody who d- just didn't do things in a conventional way and was generally kind of a bitch and hard to get along with. So I think that also doesn't help her case very much. What, what is her side of the story? I actually haven't heard that.
0: Well, now the latest thing uh, that I saw in print about this, and this is from the wrestling observer side, was a translation of an interview with her in which she claims that, she didn't apply the arm bar to Rosemary any differently than she normally would and didn't even realize that she'd been badly injured because nobody was tending to her. Um, so that's that's her claim. But she's made several different claims since this uh, incident. And I guess the other thing was that she had heat with the other Mexican women in the match, not with Rosemary. And, yes. and why she took it out on Rosemary is beyond me if she had heat with the others. But... It sounds like she really and lost and it, I'll yeah. just
3: I'll just say this and I'll probably get in trouble with it and you'll get emails, Larry, because that's what always happens. Um but uh, Mexican Broads is fucking loony. They is crazy. Anytime I have worked down there or anytime I've heard a story, it's and of course, is that a stereotype? Yes. Does that mean it applies to every single woman working in Mexico? No. But for the most part, it is a real rough and tumble game um, wrestling in Mexico, particularly for women, Um, real brutal, brutal layout for them. And so the women who tend to make it um, tend to be sort of the meanest, the roughest and the toughest. And it's sort of a survival mechanism. But like it does it shock me that it happened it really doesn't and do is there a part of sexy stars story that is truthful i think so i do, for instance i don't think that she went i'm going to injure rosemary i just think she didn't give a shit enough about rosemary to be careful <laughs> frankly and I mean that's a whole different set of issues and a different set of problems I, I I would guess that that's what happened that she was all wound up and jacked up because if you look at that match it's clear that her and at least one of the other women in that match are sort of going at each other where they're trying to they're trying to tag one on the other one and yeah. she's all wound yeah. up she's all wound up And then so she gets Rosemary in a, again, a very precarious, the way that she had Rosemary's arm is Rosemary is in a completely vulnerable position. I think that's another reason people reacted so strongly because it's sort of like, she's at your mercy and your thing is to apply too much pressure. And of course there is an element of bullshit. I mean, most of the, most of the YouTube videos I saw were titled Rosemary's arm breaks her arm didn't break, but again, people always go to the most extreme ridiculous thing, right? Her, her arm's broken. She's going to be, blah, blah. what happened is, um, and this is just from people that I, I mutually know with Rosemary is basically her arm was jacked up. She didn't have to get treatment for it. She did. I don't even think she missed a date, but it was definitely, I think it was just one of those where she felt very vulnerable Her arm was hurt badly, but it wasn't anything like a break or a tear. Um, So shouldn't have happened. Probably not as big deal as everybody's making it out to be. And everybody's using this as an excuse to sort of go after Sexy Star, who honestly, I have to say, I don't like. (laughs) So (laughs) it's sort of of like when bad stuff came down on Bill DeMont, where it's like, (laughs) I have a hard time feeling sorry for Bill DeMont. Even if I think the sort of reaction to him was out of proportion for what he did, it's hard to feel sorry for him at the same time because he is a prick. So that's kind of where I'm on the sexy star thing. I think if it's, if it's somebody else, I think people are prone to listen. To a possible explanation um, But because it's her And her reputation is already kind of bad um, And she's pretty much a, a, From all accounts Just kind of a dislikable bitch um, So that makes it 10 times worse And the fact that it's Rosemary Who everybody likes um, And is for, and is wrestling in a show Here in Orlando soon That I'm definitely looking forward to going and seeing So
0: oh, yeah uh, well, not even not even a shoot in the traditional sense of shoots in pro wrestling, in the sense of it didn't have anything to do with somebody proving they're tougher than somebody else. I mean, she had her, you know, she'd given her arm and was in the it was in the submission hold. So what kind of bullshit is that? I mean, you know, she didn't prove yeah. nothing. Nothing was proven along along those lines. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> crazy. here's a, here's uh, a
3: here's a general like here's a general issue that it invokes for me, Larry. Which is wrestling's sort of weird love hate thing with shooters and shooting in the ring. Like the same people who would say, you know, this thing about beating beating up guys in training and you know in the ring to prove a point is bullshit, except if certain people do it, and except if you want to do it. So you know, like, like, think about, like, the Bob Roop stuff. Remember, like, when all those videos came out of Bob Roop, like, torturing guys in the ring, right? Guys who wanted to be pro yeah. wrestlers, and he's like, oh, you want to be a pro wrestler? Well, then get in that ring, and I'll beat you up, and then send you off screaming. Now, the reaction from the wrestling world, universally from what I saw, Larry, was, that's awesome, Right? Like, that's great. That's what you should do to green guys who think they know blah, 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 blah. Tell me a young person who comes to get trained in pro wrestling now, 10 years ago, 50 years ago, who didn't have an element of, I really want to do this, and I'm surrounded by freaking grown scary men, so I posture a little bit. That's how young people act. <laughs> and so, for that to be the justification for Bob Roop tearing some guy's shoulder out, putting shoot holds on him, even the sort of mythos of Stu Hart, you know, I think when non wrestling people watch Wrestling with Shadows, they're horrified. I think when wrestling people watch Wrestling with Shadows, and they hear about, you know, Stu Hart and all the stuff he did. It takes on a sort of a mythological aspect that's, I, for lack of a better word, positive, right? Mm-hmm. Stu Hart broke mm-hmm. guys in the right way. If you got trained at the dungeon, then that is it, instant credibility, right? Natalia, she's the last person trained in the dungeon, blah, blah, blah. And... I don't know. I, wrestling, again, I don't think you can have it both ways. You can't celebrate basically masochistic behavior in the name of protecting a business that everybody knows is fake, and then on the same time act shocked and horrified when somebody takes advantage of somebody's body in the ring. I don't think you can have it both ways, not in this day and age. And, uh, you know, do I think what happened to Rosemary was good? No. Do I think trainers that sort of get their rocks off or feel like you need to hurt students as part of their training? Is that good either? No. Uh, I mean, I've, I've done a shoot on a trainee exactly one time ever. And it was such an extreme case of, if I don't do this to this guy, he's going to be a danger to himself and others. So this was it was sort of my last gasp of like trying to teach him something. Um it's one time it happened and I felt horrible about it afterwards. So
0: So without mentioning names, what 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 brought you to shoot on a student?
3: Um <clears throat> there was uh w- this is when I was training at WWA Force so as the head trainer. And you would get all kinds of people in there. And, you know, Frank Aldridge, who used to own the school, like had all these. I mean, some guys were there on a permanent basis. Some guys would do these like two or three day, like mini things that he would sell or whatever. So there was a guy there who was green as grass, pretty athletic. And we would do Thursday night shows. It's funny how those have sort of remained to this day. People forget the origin, which was, that's where PCW kind of officially started. Anyway, we had a Thursday show that was mostly just like a gym show. And a few people would show up and watch. And he was in a six-man tag. And, um, <clears throat> and you know, I put him in the, on the other team were kind of guys that had been doing it a while just to sort of teach him how to get through a match and that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, during this sort of post-show talk, which was mostly me talking and kind of giving notes and areas of improvement and then what we were going to work on in training in light of what I saw and that kind of thing, he felt the need to speak. And his speech was (laughs) – in his mind, it was probably this amazing thing in the eyes of most of the wrestlers, it was the height of sort of arrogance where he was just like, you know, I want to thank you guys for be- being part of this experience of this match. And I felt like we were doing magic out there. I mean, it's it's a gym show, you know? And and then I was like, well, okay, he's, he's young, he's whatever. And then uh, in the next training session, he was just really out of hand and clearly thought that he had already mastered this wrestling thing in a week or so. (laughs) Um, And, and uh, I was more inclined to be sort of a physical presence in the practices um, back then. Like I would often do the, you know, if there's any kind of like a, whatever drill to do, I would do it with the students, that kind of thing. Uh, And in this case, I was like, okay, let's do this tag match. And I sort of get everybody else on the fact that like, (sighs) I'm going to have to teach this guy a lesson. So, you know, I'm calling stuff out for him um, and he's just getting rougher and rougher. So I'm telling him, you know, calm down a little bit, calm down a little bit, but he's going hard. And then he says something along the lines of, you know, I work snug. That's how I work. So, 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 um, so, you know, he tagged me in the face with a dropkick where basically he just pushed and kicked me in the face as hard as he could. So I was like, all right. So I called out another one for him. I'm like, you know, do, do another one of those great dropkicks. So he went up for the dropkick and I basically backed up. So he hit air thinking he was going to hit me. So he was already like, woo. And then I grabbed him in a Boston Crab on the way down. I hooked his legs. He hit the mat. I folded him over in the Boston Crab, then twist and turned it into an, um, an STF in the blink of an eye. But then i uh, it's basically a variation of the stretch that Stu Hart does in um, – in uh, wrestling with shadows when he has that guy all tied up and he's just like, Oh, show some discipline. And he's slapping the guy in the head. That's the stretch that I learned in Japan. So I'm, I've got this guy stretched out and he keeps saying, Oh my God, I'm going to die. And I'm like, I need you to stop talking. You have to learn to stop Uh, talking. And, uh, and uh, uh. the wrestlers that were there said nothing was creepier than the fact that I was so calm while this guy that I had wrapped up was so obviously helpless and thought he was going to die. And so, you know, I just schooled him. I'm like, You have to learn to listen. You have to learn that every thought that comes through your head doesn't matter. Um, You know, this is the age before really social media, but in a way it applies to social media. It's like, Every stray and errant thought you have is not an idea worth sharing. Your job is to be quiet. Your job is to listen and then to execute to the best of your ability. I will allow you to fail and make mistakes, but only if you are acknowledging them as mistakes. You can't just hey. justify everything. So.
0: Last, last question before we bring on our guest. Is this guy yeah. doing wrestling or no? He is. He yeah. is not.
3: Um, he, He's gone. Okay. He, at that point, he was just like he didn't want me to train him, which was perfectly acceptable to me. And uh, he went off and did another match or two, and then that was it. So. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. <laughs>
2: yes, sir. Hey, with that,
0: let's bring let's bring on our uh, featured guest here. He's the the uh, promoter of Wildcat Sports. Actor, wrestler, stuntman, uh, and he will be at the Wild Side Reunion on Saturday. We're joined by Luke Hawks. Welcome to the Tipping Point, sir.
2: Yo, what's up? Thanks for having me on. Oh, Thank you. Luke, I'm going to ask
3: this. This is Stephen Platinum, by the way. I am I want to ask this right off the jump. So, you know, there's a lot a lot of clips of wrestling appear online, and I'll watch every damn one of them, no matter how terrible, and most of them are terrible. Yeah, however, a lot of terrible. <laughs> however, the one of you giving the dude 20 backbreakers, <laughs> yeah. pressing him and throwing him over the top rope in front of that – Crazy crowd. I mean, again, you know, lots of indies brag about the size of their crowd. I think it's safe to say that that was legitimately a sold out large and very hot crowd. Um, you know, when I. It's very few things get me r- excited in wrestling, probably because most of the stuff that people put up is, look at this real fancy schmancy move, or look at this guy who like crashed and burned with this ridiculous wrestling move. But your thing right. was so simple, so interesting. And then, you know, couple that with a hot crowd reacting to all of it. I don't know. I was just really blown away and impressed. What, when you when you're running Wildcat Wrestling, here's the question after all that setup. So <laughs> oh, when, you're, when, you're, when you're running this promotion, which, I mean, you're understandably very proud of, how would you describe it or how would you compare it with Wildside, you know, you're going to the reunion this Saturday and that kind oh, of thing. Completely Is different. there any kind of influence or like you saying it's completely nah. different? Please explain. Yeah.
2: I mean, completely different. Everything's completely different. And you know, that's not a knock on Wildside. It's just, um, you know, I run things different way, different ways than every other promotion out there. At least I try to, I try to not, you know, um, I guess, mock anybody else because that's the whole thing about Wildcat being a different and an alternative product, and that's not a knock to, like I say, any promotion out there. But I see a lot of promotions that try and be other promotions, and that's not my goal, you know. I'm trying to offer a different product here. And the only thing, like, I can say that we are similar with Wildside is it's giving young guys opportunity. You know, Wildside gave a lot of young guys opportunity. And a lot of guys – that, that probably didn't have the skills to even be there, to be honest. And and, I, and I'll include myself in that because there's a lot of times where I had opportunities that I wasn't ready for even in the wild side days because I wasn't properly trained back then. And it took a lot of hard work to get to where I'm at and a lot of, you know, training seminars and training with this guy and training with that guy and going out of my way to get out of my comfort zone and not go, Hey, well, I got opportunities and I'm wrestling over here and I'm doing this and, you know, I did that. So, I had a, I had a saying I pretty much came up with uh, recently. Somebody asked me, you know, uh, you know, isn't it cool that you did this, this, and this, and you're in this movie? I said, yeah, but I don't focus on what I did. I focus on what I'm doing. You know, I don't, I don't ever yeah. try and take a back step and say, oh yeah, well I, I did this, so I'm, I'm better than you, or I'm awesome because I did this. I try and go, well, shit, how am I going to top that? What, what am I going to do next? I gotta, I gotta stay ahead of the game, you know.
3: Yeah, well, you know, you got the Wildside reunion coming up on Saturday, and it's the very definition of looking backwards. Yet, like, what are what are you hoping to get out of being there? Honestly, like, I mean, is it just about seeing
2: old friends or
3: recapturing yeah. a feeling? Like, yeah, what's it about? No, I think
2: I think it's about giving back and and seeing old friends and 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 doing the right thing. And you know, when, when the Wildside reunion came up. Um, they originally didn't even talk to me because me, the, the truth is me and Bill kind of had a little falling out over the me and A.J. situation. So uh, Bill was close with, you know, of course, A.J. and Bill was close with me. And that whole situation, Bill Barron's was kind of caught in the middle. So me and Bill hasn't spoke much since then. So I don't think Bill was going to reach out to me because of that situation. Like, it was, you know, it was kind of a little tense situation. So uh, but when I heard there was a reunion show, I was like, well, I, you know, they gave me the opportunity to perform and they gave me the opportunity to step on a platform and better myself and, you know, do something I would have never had the opportunity to do probably somewhere else. So it's my turn to give back and go back and hopefully see the same fans and hopefully, you know, be able to help some other young wrestler come up.
3: Cool. And whether
2: that be advice or, you know, just looking at some talent and seeing – well, I mean, I know this show is going to be all wild side, guys, but – you never know who you're going to meet and who you're going to see there. And maybe I'll see some guys that are working today who, for you know, in the future can work with Wildcat.
3: Right. Absolutely.
0: Luke, is interesting to me that your path had not crossed, at least in a singles match up until now, with uh, Jimmy Rave. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, no, that's true. Um, and, you know, me and Jimmy Rave never really got along. So, that you know, there's a few people <laughs> there um, that, you know, I, I'm not saying, like, I'm a hothead, but I'm a very – <laughs> I'm a very stern person, so I I, I have this you know I, I'm not an I'm not an ass kisser I'm not you know I'm not a troublemaker by any means I don't go anywhere looking for trouble, but if if somebody has issues with me or or somebody you know just for anything I'm not one to back down from a confrontation, so when I was coming in at Wildside Days there was a little beef between me and Jimmy Ray because you know I got a little push and Jimmy was. Jimmy was one of the uh, love guys at the time. He felt that, like, my position kind of put him on the back burner. So there was always – we never got into it. We never argued. We never did. Just, just one of those guys I didn't get along with well, and we didn't really mix well. So uh, – and that's the reason why we never wrestled each other. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm a, you know, I like to kick ass, and I'm not the same altar boy Luke that I was back then, so I'm really looking forward to it now.
0: Uh, I was going to say, you, you, don't, you don't in any way res- physically resemble – the, the alter boy no. Luke that came into Wildside back then.
2: No, my wrestling styles changed. Uh, my body's changed. My attitudes changed. You know, um, I'm just, I'm a completely different person all around and, and you know, for better or worse who to say, uh, but, but I, I'm a, I'm a hard worker and I appreciate everything that Wildside did do for me. And I'm looking forward to returning there and having some fun and seeing some guys. And I don't I don't even know who's always going to be there. But I would like to see some more friends because you know there's a lot of guys that I came up with and that I respected tremendously, and I can't wait to like you don't get to see that often. I, I'm not in that corner of the world much except when I'm in like maybe the Carolinas for AML and those companies and wrestling. Right. So, so like I'm looking forward to being back in Georgia and doing something out there. So who
0: <laughs> so exactly who's going to do... be there? Yeah who would, who would you look be looking forward to see? Who would you who would you hope would be there that you could run that you'd run into?
2: Um. Of course Gabriel and, and uh Azriel. Um Yeah man. Let's see. David Young, Jason Cross, I don't know if yeah. um Adam Roberts and Patrick are gonna be there. Patrick Bentley, it'd be nice if they're there. Uh who else? I don't. I haven't seen Onyx in forever. Iceberg, I love Iceberg. So I really hope Iceberg's there. Tank's cool. He is. Who else? He'll be there. Uh, I mean, there's there's so many, so many guys. Even even some of the younger guys. The young guys that were coming in when I was coming. In, you know, when when I was doing my thing there, they had guys like Chip Day and those guys coming in. So I'm looking forward to seeing how much those guys improve because I'm assuming they'll be on the show since they were on Wild And like, uh, who else? Man, they get, there's so many guys. Jeremy Vane, um, Michael Adrian. Who else? Yeah Who else? man, of course, Jeff G. Bailey. You know, ah. Jeffy Bailey would be cool <laughs> to see. <be.
0: laughs> well, and, oh, and, yeah, and, yeah, the, and good you. Reverend. Uh, Definitely, uh, Rev's uh, going to uh, be there. Berg's going to be there. Bailey's going to be there. Cross is going to be there. Chip Day will not be. He's wrestling a different show. But most of the guys you mentioned are already confirmed to be there.
2: Okay, Dan Wilson, is Dan Dragon going to be there? Yeah,
0: yes, sir. Yeah, yeah
2: definitely.
3: In, in, uh, in, in fact, that leads also, me to my next question, which is one of the panels they're having before the uh, before the show itself is who who gets the credit creatively, and in that panel is Bill, Rick, um, Dan, and Jeff which I find okay. completely fascinating by your assessment as a guy who worked there for many years and, and, you know, had multiple angles and, and feuds and things like that. Who were the driving creative forces behind the scenes? Those, truly.
2: Th- those were the guys. Um, th- that That's pretty much the main crew of guys that was always in the office. I mean, everybody had a little input. I always put something in, you know, uh, whoever was in top angles at the time always would kind of have their input or, or at least try to. So, uh, But that was that was pretty much the office. You named a lot of them. What about uh, – yeah. is Steven going to be there?
3: Yeah, Steve Martin? Yeah, he's part of the uh, the originators panel at 11. Um, so no. that's, I thought that that was really cool that they got him too.
2: What about uh, freaking – I don't even know why I can't think of his last name at the moment. I just had a brain fart. Commentator
0: Steven. Uh, oh, Prazak. Prazak, yeah. I can't. I, yeah, I, can't I don't really know a last Yeah, I I haven't seen him listed. I he, he he's certainly in the area. He could be there, but I haven't seen him listed yet.
2: Yeah, it'd be good to see him too. So yeah, but those those guys, you know, I, I always um, you know, there, there was a there was a handful of guys I didn't get along with, but for you know, I got along with ninety eight percent of the locker room. But you know, whenever you're in a good position, that tends to piss a little people off. So uh, and I, I was always kind of put in good positions because of, you know, getting, of course, well, Bill loved me, but I was always over with the crowd. That's the one thing I had. Even if my wrestling skills weren't up to par, I had always had good crowd reaction. So, and I was, I was always good at selling and getting that baby face fire. So, uh, yeah. and getting that sympathy, you know, so that that's one thing I had going for me. And I knew that, but I knew also that. I had to work on my weaknesses. So coming out of Wildside, that's really what I focused on is, 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 you know, stepping my game up on my offense, on my look, on my size, on, you know, of course, all my abilities, my mic skills, et cetera, because I, I, I didn't want to be stuck in that position I was in. I wanted to be a top dog everywhere I went.
0: Nice. Luke, what's your uh, fondest memories of, the, of your Wildside time? I I guess really the camaraderie. I I wouldn't
2: even say Mm. wrestling angles because wrestling angles are wrestling and not to say I didn't have good matches or have some fun with certain people or like working with certain people. Seth DeLay, you know, I've always like really like working with Seth DeLay. Yeah, man. Uh, The things we did outside of there and having fun and, you know, what the the crew we used to run with, like Sal and Seth and Gabriel. And man, we had some fun times back then. And that was those memories. I, I don't see those cats ever. You know, ever. So like I only seen them when I was out there. So those memories of going out there and spending weekends out there and hanging with them and just goofing off and having fun as young, young kids were, were really priceless. So that's, I think that's my best memories of making some good friends that, you know, those guys, like I said, they're not your best friends because you don't see them and talk to them every day. And we live so far away, but man, those were some fun times hanging out
3: Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like a band of brothers thing, you know, you guys are doing all this, you're doing this crazy thing together. You're having to trust each other literally physically with your lives. And, you know, it's, it's an outlaw thing. I mean, it's one of those great things about wrestling. I always love that wrestling is just a little bit off center um, from normal society. And I think the, the more it tries to eclipse itself and make itself part of the mainstream, the more I hate it I love that wrestling always has like a little bit of an edge A little bit of danger about it And I think that bonds to, the guys right? too
2: Yeah Yeah it, it does And like, like I said and I, I refer this back to like since I say You know I'm not the typical guy Like I'm not going to come on here and, and kiss Like I said like kiss up to everybody And like I kind of try and say things how it is So like I said I didn't get along with everybody But I, I got along with most of everybody and uh, and And I want to go back and refer that to you know, uh, if you work somewhere, you don't always get along with everybody, but you got to work with them, right? And, yep. like, you go to school, and you the, the damn sure not going to like everybody in your class, but you got to be in class with them. And that's how it is with wrestling because you have to, you know, at some point you have to work with them unless you're AJ Styles and you're just a pudding and you, you're scared to wrestle a guy like me.
3: Yeah, I was, you know, I was talking, I was talking actually with, jeff g bailey earlier and we we were talking about enzo and how much wrestling has changed because there was a time in wrestling where if you were talented and you drew money that sort of erased a lot of your sins quote unquote like people didn't like johnny valentine people did not want to work generally with johnny valentine except for the fact that he was the real deal in the ring and he drew money So people tolerate it a lot. And with Enzo, it seems like, this is just my perspective based on what I read and people I talk to, that he's just not liked. So that sort of causes like this sort of domino effect of, well, he's not really liked, so screw him. So, you know, so he can't be in the locker room because he said this thing that we perceive as disrespecting wrestling. And then they're going to bury him on television. But at the end of the day, like – the fact that he makes money or the fact that he's popular doesn't insulate him from any of that. Now it's, there right. really is this, if we don't like you, you, like you said, it's supposed to be, you're not going to like everybody that you work with. But the whole thing is we're all collaborating to do this thing together, no matter what. And now it seems like if you're not liked, well, too bad.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> you're yeah, you're exactly. on the outs. And, and and I think that I think that part of the problem is, um, is guys are coming up too fast and getting too much early on. You know what I mean? Like they, a mm. lot of these guys have for the business because they they get everything. Hold, hold on a second. Uh, I'm trying to screwed up my phone. on that. You there? Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. So yeah, no I think a lot of these guys are are, are getting you know. These guys aren't really coming from wrestling. There's so many, and, and I see it being backstage in certain locker rooms, especially like WWE. I, I'm cool with a lot of guys there, and I go up there a lot. But I notice the attitude from guys who come up from, like, the indies and working hard or in between, and the difference between the guys who just, like, get a job because of their book yeah. or get a job because of, you know, like, whatever reason. Like, they don't they don't really care about anything. They don't care about wrestling. They're just there to make money, and they're just there to be stars, and they th- they think they're stars because they're on TV every week, and they treat people like crap, you know, and, and that doesn't really go long, you know, in in the pro wrestling world because you have to. Like you said earlier, it's a brotherhood. So, you know, you're not going to get along with everybody, but you got to – you just can't crap on everybody and you can't just have this bad attitude because you think you're the man because you come out and people say whatever you say, you know, they repeat what you say. And, you know, I I don't know the whole Enzo situation. I don't really read into the internet or get into the dirt sheets ever. Uh, I hear whispers of it. And usually when somebody comes and asks me about, I usually go, I really don't care because it doesn't involve me, (laughs) you know, and I I just don't believe in the internet. It's like, it's like whatever. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, at the same time, like like I said, I, I never, personally, I never went anywhere and tried to cause trouble. But I damn sure wouldn't keep my mouth shut if somebody had something to say about me or had, you know, felt a certain way about me. <laughs> um,
3: Larry, I'm going to ask you a question. What's a memory that you have of Alter Boy Luke? Like something where you, a moment where you went, because, I mean, you saw so many wild side shows. You were there for the entire run. What's something that you remember and just going like, this guy is this guy's got something
0: well as luke said it was the crowd reaction that they 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 loved luke he could do no wrong there and the epitome of that was the was the um, holy wars match where um, he was teamed with uh, aj and i'm forgetting who the third guy was against uh, uh chris daniels rain man um, in in that uh six man tag with Dusty Rhodes as the manager that and and that was as <laughs> ever was yeah yeah that oh, was that was a moment that was a moment
2: right and 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 the thing i 'll give uh Larry credit on is if and and I stick to this, I like this with uh guys who who do reports on shows, even if they 're buddies with him, not because i 've always been buddies with Larry, but if I stunk or if I screwed something up or if I did wrong, Larry would type about it. And he would go, "Oh, this wasn't the best, or this was screwed up." And I've always respected that because, you know, some guys might read that and go, "Well, why the hell did you bury me?" And I just go, "Well, damn, I, I got to fix that. You know, I got to, I got to figure out how to change it. I got to figure out how to get better." So oh, always I always bless you. I appreciate
3: that, Larry. I, I, oh, you, you know, Luke, I often, I often play this game with people who come on here. What's something that Larry wrote that just sticks in your craw? Like, even if you agree uh, that it was true, what's something you clearly remember? Everybody's got the thing that Larry said,
2: you know? Honestly, it's been so long, I have no freaking clue. So, uh <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, how long has it been? What's it been, like 15 years?
0: Yeah, yeah, you know I mean?
2: yeah. Woo.
0: Long time, long time. Hey, listen, before we let you go, what could what would you like to uh tell us about that's coming up on your schedule? Absolutely. Oh man. Yeah, it's
2: super, super crazy busy right now. We just had a big show this weekend here at Wildcat. I almost said Wildside. got Wildside on the brain. And, of course, I'll be at Wildside this week. And then um, I took next week off because it's my old lady's 30th birthday, so we got to do some stuff with her. Nice. And then uh, right back out to L.A., I'm wrestling Jeff Cobb, who's super hot right now on the Bumpster show. It's a debut show oh, in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, – You know, just working, trying to get some more film products, uh, projects going on. Um, I got one. I've been really in the lab producing. As you all know, we got TV down here. We got a weekly TV show, and it's the number one rated show on the station, which is a huge station. So I've been having my hands full with that. Uh, And we're also working on a big film project for wildcat that we're doing and i i I can drop some news on that soon but like i I, this whole summer has had me tied up with that and i can't wait to announce that so like i really got a couple more weeks in the lab with that and then once we make announcements that's going to be huge it's something that no other company's ever done before so man look out for that and that's that's what's on my plate immediately for the future and of course then uh we got our six-year anniversary show coming up november 4th here in new Orleans.
3: That is awesome. Uh, Luke, I thank you so much for talking to us. I know Larry can't oh, no, wait to see you me. on Saturday. And, you know, I, I'm going to be – I'm sure I'm going to go to WrestleMania when it's in New Orleans and bring the family. So I know if you're running a show um, sometime yeah, during we're, that we're, week and that kind of thing.
2: With, we're running with WrestleCon. So we have a big show that Thursday. Uh, oh. Thursday is going to be the Wildcat show and uh, the WrestleCon Super Show in the same night, right
0: after each night. other. Nice. Well,
3: hell, I guess I'm coming in Thursday then, and
2: i uh, <laughs> definitely looking forward yeah. to
3: meeting you. And it, anybody who's on the fence about going to the Wildside reunion, why the fuck are you still on the fence? You need to go and uh, check all of this out, because it's
0: certainly yeah, it worthy up, of gonna, it.
2: I'm going to beat Jimmy Ray's ass, so come see it. Nice.
0: Will do. Great. See you, see you Saturday, Luke.
2: Yes, sir. If y'all need anything, holler at me. Thanks for having me on. If anybody wants to check out my social media, it's at Luke five zero four, and that's L U K E H A W X at five zero four. I mean five zero four at Luke Hawks five zero four. Or you can check out our Wildcat page. Everything's at Wildcat Sports. That's W I L D K A T at Wildcat Sports. Check it out.
3: Nicely done. All right. Have a good have a good time, and thanks for being on, man. Thanks, fellas. Be safe. Later. <laughs> real deal Holyfield boy <laughs> you can hear it you can hear it in
0: his voice
3: You um, know, this, one,
0: you, of, one of the things I love about New Orleans is you get that, that accent like he has that sounds like a northern accent but he's from New Orleans I love it
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know I was going to say when I saw the card and I saw oh look Cox against Jimmy Rave I'm like I guess it's a good match. Boy, I got to say, after hearing him, I would be uh, 20 times more interested in seeing that match now. Same <laughs> here. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I, mean, I didn't realize they had problems back in the day. That's interesting. Yeah.
3: Should be good. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Larry, so you're hosting all of these panels. Um, I have a question for you because I, I remember reading – some Larry Goodman reports long before you and I met. And what is it about? Because you obviously had an affection for Wildside. Now, that didn't mean that you favored them. It didn't mean that you were a soft touch when you wrote a review or some nonsense like that. But it kind of came across that you really admired the product, even if you didn't always like everything or agree with things. What was it about Wildside that made it special for you?
0: I think it because it was an underdog, underground kind of product that never really got its due on a national level. Um, partly, I'm afraid, because they, um, at points, their video was not up to par, and, and that was a problem for them, and, and didn't get, they didn't get as wide of, of coverage as I thought they deserved. You know, the Wrestling Observer, for example, never paid any attention. To NWA Wildside during AJ Styles' early days, not one word, nothing, would be written about that company when they were writing about all. Uh, uh, Meltzer was writing about other hot independents, so that was part of it for me because I felt that there was a lot of great things to, going on. There were a lot of creative things, and they really weren't getting their due. Uh, you know, I
3: would second that. I would also say, in light of what the NWA became after Wildside, and what it is now it seems positively ridiculous i mean i know jeff g bailey and others used to tout you know we're the crown jewel of the nwa and blah 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 but in reality the nwa always kind of gave them short shift even when bill was vice president of the nwa um that i always thought You know, they really missed the boat not kind of making a bigger deal about Wildside because they were the upstart group. I'm always partial, like you said, to underdog groups, but I'm really partial to groups that kind of have that young upstart fighting spirit, you know, that are giving young guys a chance, that are doing risky. I'm, I'm a big fan of doing riskier, edgier things as opposed to stale and static. It's probably what the NWA absolutely needed at one point. You know? Like, they needed a little more wild side in their life, and they never went that way. And just looking at what the uh, – here's a quick question, Larry. With, with Billy Corgan and the NWA, or the NWA, and they've, they've basically they're going to sever ties with all the affiliates, from what I understand. Is that right?
0: Yeah, that's, that's a done deal. October 1st. Okay. It.
3: So, I mean, what could they possibly do to get interest NWA? In like, when I – okay, here, here's the game. Let's do a word association. When I say National Wrestling Alliance, what's the first word that pops into your mind now? <laughs> Without even think. right, right. Without even <laughs> thinking about it, if I say National yeah. Wrestling Alliance, you think –
0: dead. I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's just, and can you, I mean,
3: <laughs> that, that's the part of the equation that I think is so interesting is that they were NWA wild side, that they were the group whose television show was, and I, I, this can't be overstated. There was a time where people around the country watched that show now we can we can debate about numbers and blah, blah blah but there is no doubt that there were wrestlers from other areas who came in drove hundreds of miles to do that show for virtually nothing right that groups like combat zone would bring up people from Wildside to work there and you know because they wanted to see whoever right they wanted to see this guy they wanted to see the lost boys they wanted to hear a jeff g bailey promo in philadelphia and that's a remarkable thing and i always think the nwa missed the boat because they went for boring and safe instead of evolving with the times i mean you know when wildside started what what year did wildside start 1999 we're in the heart of the Monday Night Wars and ECW and the NWA. I mean, if we looked at the list of who the champion was around then, I mean, not to knock those guys, but nobody that sh- sort of shook up the world, you know. And I, I think Wildside. It's just one of those. It feels like the right thing to happen to have a reunion show just because, again, it's a chance for them to get a moment in the sun um, with the people that appreciate it the most,
0: frankly. And uh, I think it's going to be a great time for everybody. Well, before any more time elapses, let me bring on the first and only NWA Wildside hardcore champion, current NCW heavyweight champion, Winding down to his last few matches before he retires from a 28 year career, we're joined now by the rocker Terry Lawler. Welcome to the tipping point.
1: Thank you, gentlemen. How y'all doing? (laughs) Doing great, Terry. How are you? Uh, Just just trying, like Larry said, trying to wrap up this 28 year run. (laughs) So,
3: Terry, I'm going to jump in with a question right away. Um, You're someone to me who. Uh, I brought a lot of people don't know that you actually did a a short run in PCW. um, And you were the guy that I, I sort of got because the, uh, in the angle, the empire had taken over PCW and they were kind of running roughshod over everything. And I wanted to bring in a guy who had instant, who I knew would get instant credibility and would give this glimmer of hope like, there PCW still has a chance of recovering itself someday. And I wanted somebody who wasn't a PCW guy to do it. And I immediately thought of you and you came in and did so great and also have the distinction of being the one guy that never had to do a job. Like, I think you literally <laughs> disappeared in your last match. Like, you were handcuffed to the ropes, the lights went out, they came back on, and you were just gone. And it was, <laughs> like, I, I wanted you to go out that way instead of getting beaten up or something, because I just thought, like, that's so cool, like, that he's so above everything going on that he can just disappear, and that's the way it is. Um, with With you winding up, you know, you know, like you said, twenty years, your last few matches. What what did it feel like to be there on Friday night at NCW and win their championship in that building where I don't know if it's the first place you ever wrestled, but certainly you kinda of cut your teeth there and started to do the games. What was that like being on Friday night? Uh, this
1: past Friday night was uh it was very emotional, you know, is when a company wants to do what is so not predictable and traditional, and you're the one they want to do it for, um, for several different reasons. It was, I was very honored and very touched, and just to, uh, you know, the, the saying goes, you can't go out on top. Well, apparently, uh, we proved that wrong this past Friday night, but... That building's always been special to me. <laughs> it's always been a special place. It's always been a, a fun uh growing place. You know, a lot of like I said earlier in the night, a lot of names came through that building. A lot of names are made out of that building. And it's just to be a small part of that history was it was uh, it's just an honor to be that part.
3: Nice. Uh Terry, you're somebody who I would describe as one of the few level headed, reasonable people in wrestling. Um, usually when there's a kind of a controversy or a fight between the guys, you're generally the guy that's gonna sort of step in with sort of a rational viewpoint uh and a perspective of I, I mean the grown up in the room often. And I have always admired that about you. Where the hell do you get that from? And why would somebody mm-hmm. like you be involved in pro wrestling in the first place?
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I can answer this question with uh, two names, Steve Lawler. He's, he's the reason that I got into this business, my brother, but he's also the reason I've learned to be more level-headed and to learn to, to uh, fix issues because he was always pretty much a hot-headed person. He could get us in bookings and out of bookings, so I was always like the the cleanup guy, so I've learned to, to be the uh, yin to his yang.
0: Hmm. Nice, nice. Um, right. T- Terry, how did it? What is the significance, uh, if you could speak to, of Chip Day being your opponent in your last two matches, the final two of your career?
1: It's uh, that's no secret. I mean, his, his mom and I have have dated on and off again for several years. Um, besides myself, along with Air Paris and Debbie Young back in the White Gym days. We were technically, you want to classify it, his original trainers. And it's just, uh, it's more of a family. I mean, this past Saturday, the uh, Bookers had us tagging up against Jimmy Rave, Murder One, and Andrew Moore. So it's just, I don't know, it's just family. It's like, just the best way to say is family is like, like you mentioned earlier, it's a brotherhood, it's a karate. It's, I don't know, who else would you want to have to be some of your last matches then be with family?
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, You know, Terry, T- Terry, you had the the rocker persona, Um, you've also had other kind of personas. What what was your impetus to try? I mean, obviously, there's a love of Elvis, uh, kind of a love of different things in your life sort of infused into all these things. What's, what's sort of the different personas that you've had in the ring? What has been your sort of inspiration for them?
1: Back around my rookie years, I shaved my head pretty close and it started growing back out. And we were doing... I was jobbing for... Uh, north towards the TV tapings here in Atlanta. And Bonnie Blackstone was one of the hosts, and she's like, You look like a young Elvis, you should try to do something with that. So I went back home, looked at one of my many Elvis albums, and found a name I could play off his on the song. So I came up with the Jailhouse Rocker, kind of built that character <laughs> for a while, and just, just ran it for a while, and just, you know, I guess. My attitude changed, and a lot of personal things went on in my life, and I kind of took a backseat to that character and whatever evolved out of that. I did a hooded Japanese gimmick. Then uh, my brother actually tagged up for the first time and actually admitted that we were brothers because for the longest time we kept his career and my career separated, so it was either sink or swim on my, on my own. I didn't try to ride on his coattails. He used to become, use the last name Lawler, So, I mean, for a big part of my first quarter or so of my career, I was either on my own self.
0: Terry, you know, uh, 28 years, you've seen a lot. You've seen a lot of changes. When you think about the way things were when you broke in and the way things are now, what's better what's worse?
1: Uh, I don't to the point, I guess I'm become that old grumpy wrestler where I don't watch too much of the product on TV. I grew up in the TBS era where you said a little, but you did a lot in the ring. Now it's kind of reverse; they're doing more talking than they are wrestling. Uh, but the thing is, I learned as being a booker that if you don't change with what's currently going on, then your your company's not going to do too well. So you've got to Change, but still stay stay true to the past of what made wrestling great. Yeah. And if you can, you know, incorporate a little bit of style of each thing that's going on TV and what you're going independent. If you can mesh different styles and different people, and then you know, I mean, you got a chance of, of selling more tickets if you get focused in just doing all the hardcore are all high-flying, are all comedy, then you only limit yourself to that one audience. So but if you can put multiple styles on your shows, you're going to make fans out of them anyway.
3: What's, um, what's kind of, w- with you not wrestling in the ring anymore, what's a legacy? Because you've, you've led by example, and, and you've taught guys along the way in a direct fashion. What's what's sort of the legacy that you would like to leave? What would make you feel good if you saw? Okay, I taught the guys X, and it continues to sort. I kind of see how it's it's changing things for the better. What's the legacy of yours that you would like to like to remain and
1: grow? Uh, I guess one: stay true to yourself. If you're not filling a certain persona gimmick that you've been thrown on if you can't feel it yourself the fans won't feel it it's going to show in your ring force and my thing is, is is take care of one another I mean if you see somebody doing wrong it's easy nowadays with, with social media to jump on there and just start bashing everybody but if you're not willing to help that person get better you're also the, part of the issues and my thing is just help each other if anything else Larry,
3: what's a, I, I asked you this of Luke Hawks. What's a memory that you have of Terry Lawler? Like watching him in the ring, where he surprised you, or su- like just what do you associate with Terry Lawler when you used to see him?
0: Well, you know, I didn't see Terry in his days in White Georgia, that early part of his career. I first encountered him at at Wildside in Cornelia when he came in doing hardcore. Wow, and uh, so that's how I that's how I knew him was this as, as this hardcore guy doing this this daredevil stuff, and that's that's what I first remember uh, most remember about Terry from his early days, and then of course obviously he evolved into quite in quite a different style of wrestler as as time went on. But that's that was my first exposure and probably what I remember the most.
3: Um, pardon my ignorance. So Larry, you introduced Terry as the first and only hardcore champion. Is that right?
0: For Wildside, yeah, because they, did, they didn't keep that for very long. They, they, they—that was in the early days, and Terry was one of the guys who came in and pioneered that division uh, for the brief time that it existed at Wildside.
3: So, Terry, what, what's the story behind that? Why, why were you the first champion, and then why were you the only champion, by your recollection?
1: They had a big tournament in nineteen ninety nine, and for the TV's house shows, we got to the tournament. I think it was in November. I won the tournament, and there's just, there's just a lot of injuries. And I think uh, Bill wasn't too fond of the hardcore styles, but that was going on. <laughs> and I think Ruckus was pushing it pretty hard to, to have that have the division. And uh, the fact that, and then I had to uh, I had to leave the state for uh, for my job and went out out of town to St. Louis for over half a year. So I think. With me leaving, it was just kind of easy out, just to fade out that division and the title was just it came in fast and it kind of just went out fast.
0: Oh wow! I, I, I laugh. I pardon me for laughing, but I laugh because I just what I remember is you guys did some really insane kind of stuff during the brief time the hardcore division existed. It was definitely hardcore and risky stuff that you were doing. Is that the way you remember it?
1: The, the, the three main guys that that were in and out of the whole angle was White Trash. Uh, Damien Steele and myself were the, the three main guys, but yeah, they did uh stacked up three tables high off the floor. We put, <laughs> we, came, we came diving off the top turnbuckle onto all three tables, and you know I was a lot younger back then, so it didn't hurt as bad. But I'm I'm feeling it kind of now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I can guarantee you Bill hated that spot and Jeff loved that spot without even seeing it. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly how it went down. I'm sure he's like, oh, Bill, I'm sure, Bill, that was awesome. <laughs> I'm sure Bill's like, I just, I can't, Jeff, I just
1: can't.
0: Uh, <laughs> that's I love it. Yeah. I
3: so Terry, if you wrestled against white trash, that means at some point you got hit with that damn stop sign. How bad is the stop sign hit? I think I, I think a lot of people don't realize. It's like, oh, who cares about the, but I've heard stories. J- you tell us how how rough was it taking the stop sign hit?
1: It wasn't bad as you would think, but I think uh-huh. what I what I remember the most is we're getting. Hit upside the head with a hard hat one time, and it, it just
3: kind
1: of <laughs> my head. One thing I, di- I didn't see it coming too. I actually felt it later, but it was, uh, compared to that was uh, not much to it.
0: <laughs> but it.
1: I mean, it was it was a, a fun time, like I said, it was just history made in that building. And uh, as much as I would I would love to be there this weekend, I kind of set this date. A little bit over a year ago, to uh, yeah, because it's my 28th anniversary of wrestling, and I've uh, tried to mm. go out on my terms, just trying to stay healthy enough to uh, finish up and, and have pride of what I left in the ring. What little I may have done, I want to be proud of what it did and not be that guy like begging for a booking or people fans, or fans, yeah, all, like, God, he, he's old, why is he still in the ring? I want to, you know, like an Elvis song, I'm gonna do it my way.
3: Uh, Terry, you know, I think I think it's only fitting that um, Larry and I just kind of leave you the floor to say what you whatever you want to say here at the end. So please, just you know, say whatever you'd like to say um, and whatnot, and you know, just take us out on the show that way, please,
2: sir.
1: Uh, to yourself. Help one another, like I said earlier, stuff, and go out there and kick ass every chance you get and, and prove that wrestling is still the best sport around and uh, make us old guys you know, proud of what we're doing. And I want to thank y'all guys for, for giving me some air time to, uh, you know, y'all guys have always been great to me. Like you said earlier, Stephen, about being part of the you know, the PCW, that was a, a short but super fun run.
0: It was really cool. Like
1: I said, I came in, came in in the dark and went out in the dark. It was a uh, Sometimes, it, and Larry's like, you know, if you have a dude passed, I know a dude passed, so when Larry writes it, it, it's the truth, you know, <laughs> take for what's
0: worth.
1: <laughs> you may hurt feelings, but you know what? That's, that's how you learn. I mean, there's, it's coming from one perspective. It may not be what you think is right or 100%, but you guys are, are documenting history, and that's why I look at people who photography. photography, yeah. you know, films. It, you're documenting history, so take for what it is and have appreciate that someone is actually taking time. To show you that love
3: Well Terry you know you've always Given love to wrestling And I, I'm glad you're Having this time where people get to show You appreciation certainly We appreciate you and Best of luck uh, with Your last match and everything That you do after your time In the ring thank you so much For being on thank Just you Terry. Thank you guys Thank you Ooh. Man. You, you know Larry between you know Tank uh Tank retiring, I think Terry Lawler uh retiring, this Wildside reunion show which is a reminder that my god, you know, it's done and it's been done for a long time. Um it it is it does feel like this is a time where really It's a great time for people to sort of step up and fill shoes. Um, And I know at times you you and I, especially me, uh, might come across as very cynical about wrestling. But it's really, from my perspective, it only comes from a place of I know what it can be because it has been that before. And wrestling is unique in that conceivably it can adapt to the time that it's in while also remaining sort of out of time. And I, I'm always of the hope that promotions can find that magic and keep this thing going. And I think that's what Tank would want. Terry Lawler would want. Hell, all the people that had anything to do with Wildside. at the end of the day, What we want is not for wrestling to return to what it was, because that can never be. That's crystal clear that that's never going to be. But we would love for it to have that magic, that special magic in wrestling. And I think, you know, I think Saturday there's going to be a lot of that kind of feeling in the air at the Wild
0: Side Reunion. So I'm definitely looking forward to hearing your take on everything. Well, yeah, of course obviously I'm really looking forward to it and you know I'm excited in general about the way wrestling you know, particularly on the independent level and here in Georgia is evolving these days. It's 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 heartening to see. Um as yeah. we go out here, we should mention that um Terry Lawler's second to last match be Chip Day will be uh Thursday night. Yes, Southern Fride is coming back with a Thursday night show headlined along with Lawler versus Day, Ugly Ducklings versus Bald Besties, Gymnasty Boys versus 13th Floor, and Fred Yehi versus Gary Jay. A very strong card for Thursday night. I hope Charles does well with it. Yeah. Um, and then we've got, the, of course, the big reunion Saturday, and then we need to be back here next Tuesday night to talk about Sacred Ground. Oh. Man,
3: it's a big time in wrestling. It's a big time in Georgia wrestling and a lot to be proud of and a lot to see. So make sure that you're catching these shows as they come out. You definitely got to be there for the Wildside reunion on Saturday. And you got to tune in next Tuesday because Larry and I, once again, will be back with The Tipping Point.
0: We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to Georgia Wrestling History.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.